0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Shall we begin?
2: <laughs> Expecto Patronum! Remove back!
1: Wow, time slipping. Wait, can you fix that? No.
0: It's impossible to time slip in the TVA.
1: I've
2: been... Pulled through time.
0: Whatever we do, we're playing God.
2: We are gods. But how do you choose? Who lives and who dies?
0: You better run!
2: War is on its way. Come on, you're the god of mischief. Always have been. Always will be.
0: A little over the top, don't you think? BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And so excited, very excited. I'm going to max out the amount of time we have to talk about the show that we're reviewing today, which is Loki Season 2. Okay, so I remember we were all
2: super excited about season one. We loved it so much. Um, you know, rousing success. So I'm, I was quite, I think I was a little nervous about season two. I'm really, really glad that the payoff is so amazing. I, I was a little late to the game. I only started watching it after all of the episodes had dropped. Um, such a great watch. Probably one of my year's highlights, uh, which I said about season one too. So I'm actually very, very happy.
1: I think Loki season two is proof that when Marvel is firing on all cylinders, uh, when it wants to, it can be so good, like so 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 good, um, and it can be all that quite effortless like like quite effortlessly, right? Because it's it's almost as if. Um, it's in the MCU's DNA to be good at this kind of storytelling, um, and I think the Loki TV show is one of the best things that Marvel has ever done. Not just like a post-Endgame best they've ever done, but period they've ever done. Um, it's everything that you know the MCU can do well: uh, characters that you care about, these grand, like high-concept stories, extremely entertaining stuff. So yeah, like I, I loved, I love Loki season two. Um, I've seen the finale maybe a few times now. I cannot get enough of how good the season is.
0: There are two years in between season one and two, and I think that that is long enough to simultaneously worry about it, but also forget about quite a (laughs) lot. So I I came into season two a little bit blinded, um, and I think I felt through the first episode like, what am I missing? What have I forgotten? What are these words? What is going on? And so then you just kind of have to either do a recap, like watch season one before you watch season two if you're going to be really nerdy about it, which is fair, Um, or accept that you're just along for a crazy emotional um, involving ride and be alright with that, which is what I chose, um, along with a fair amount, a a judicious amount of googling post-episode or pre-episode. But I loved it. I I thought that season two um, did, it hit all the beats that we knew it could from season one, and then it also decided to explore a few new a few new ideas a few new things it explored the character in a way that i was really pleasantly surprised by it's such a satisfying watch Actually, it's such a nerdy watch as
2: well. Oh, my God, it's deeply nerdy. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about what are those words, what are these concepts? I mean, you can try and pick every geeky, nerdy concept out of pop culture and sci-fi and fantasy. It's probably in Loki, right? Whether it's multiple dimensions, whether it's time travel, whether it's mythology, whether it's comic book nerdery, like every bit of it is there. Um, People often use words, you know, in a very throwaway manner, like time slipping. Um, and it does require quite a bit from you as an audience but that said um, I also realized that there is also a way to watch Loki without necessarily needing to understand or engage with a lot of it and still find it deeply entertaining and that's because of how well performed and well written the show is that you can actually put aside a lot of the a lot of the connective tissue that's really quite geeky Uh, and just focus on the storyline and focus on the emotions and focus on the character arcs. And I still think you'll get so much out of the show.
1: And also because, like Loki, is very similar to the Spider-Verse movies or even movies like Everything Everywhere All At Once, right? In the sense that it understands that the multiverse stories need to be grounded in its characters, um, because it's never really about the multiverse itself, right? Like the mechanics of the multiverse, the the concept itself is kind of. I love um, that there's thunder in the background while <laughs> the we're the thunder, talking about the Loki. Background. Thor's not so, happy. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, and and at the end of the day, I think it's it's what this existential mess means to um, a Loki who was pulled out of his timeline and into the TVA, or uh, who was a villain, basically, who wanted to rule the universe, right? Or Sylvie, who lived her whole life hiding in uh, apocalypses, or Mobius and his sort of like his vague jet ski dreams. Um, and, and, and as... And as big as the show is with the, the TVA and the branch timelines and all the comb- like, like cosmic bombasticness, right? It always keeps the story uh, intimate and about a few people that we genuinely care about. So I think that's the, I don't know, I think that's the show's secret sauce.
0: Significant chunks of the show happen around Key Lime Pie. Yes, like and <laughs> no, and I think that's testament <laughs> to how important you started the, key, and I thought you were going to say Ki hui kwan. Kui, who no, also will, is very important. We we'll get there. Um, no, but it's it's very important. These small quotidian things that happen. And the only reason you care about them is because you care about, like you said, the characters. Um, the The chemistry really sings, I think. Um, from the first season, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson together were always a joy. And in this season, it continues. But then you also add, and now we come to the other key, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, who plays... <laughs> Obi or Ouroboros um, and is, I think, at the very loosest version of what I could say, he is tech support for the Time (laughs) Variance Authority for the TBA. Oh, I love Ki Hui Kwan.
2: Um, I also love Jonathan Majors, who was, um, we saw a little bit of him in the first season. We see a lot more of him in this season. Um, And both of them are such welcome additions he's also doing better work in this than he did in Ant-Man. Oh, I I didn't even want to... You know, Mm. I I decided I was just going to block Ant-Man out of my mind while watching him in this, this version of that character. Um it's really telling that they could introduce two new characters to this mix of Owen Wilson and and um, Tom Hiddleston and you know Sylvie and all of the stuff that we already got from season one. And still, we feel like we got enough of each of them. There was so much. Okay, maybe not Sylvie, which we can get to yeah. later. Um, but I do feel like each of them had their moment to shine. Um, and it all came together so well, too. Because for me, the main thing with season two, Versus season one is that season two actually had a very clear purpose, which was glorious. Um, but it 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 <laughs> seems to know where it's heading, and it does that very very purposefully. Versus season one, which felt a little bit like chapters in a really cool story.
1: Yeah, and and also like just adding on to that, right? Um, one thing I will say that there's a lot of uh, valid argument against the MCU's complicated. Um, tapestry or the, the interconnected story that they do, right? So the fact that you need to consume all the movies and now all the TV shows um, to know why, uh, you know, like something uh, is important or, or to understand where something is going or what's happening. Loki, I think, makes a strong case for having that interconnected story and why it's important and, and that has value. Because I think to fully appreciate what season two does with the characters and especially with Loki, um, and to appreciate his arc as a character and even Tom Hiddleston's career as Loki to a degree, you need to have seen Thor and Thor 2 and and Ragnarok and Avengers 2012 and then Infinity War, Um, and even better if those movies were stretched out over, like, what, 14, 15 years, because then the payoff, I think, of this season is, is very rewarding. Like the way they land this plane with this season is very, very, very rewarding.
0: I'm glad you said Dark World because actually um, <laughs> I, I I don't know how I feel about Marvel retroactively making some of their not-so-great movies have meaning um, but in the context of this season it really works. So maybe I just need to, I, I need to sit with that for a moment because of the Thors, if we take out Love and Thunder, um, Dark World has often been the one that's derided right? It's the one that people don't enjoy watching so much, um, but it's also in some ways the most significant piece of text that you need to have watched for Loki season two to really really work for you. It's also got one of Tom Hiddleston's best
2: scenes ever um, in all of the movies, mm-hmm. where you actually see his character sort of broken down and and bereft. And and I love I love Loki in Dark World, even though I don't really like the rest of the movie. Um, it's interesting, actually, Iren, what you said because really more than a payoff for Marvel fans. Loki season two is a payoff for Loki and Tom Hiddleston fans. Um, And I think that even if after this, you choose not to engage with anything else that Marvel might be doing, and it is getting a little unwieldy, I feel like for those people who were with this character from the beginning, this season will pay off so beautifully because there's so much to uh, not just get excited by, but genuinely feel for, and, and to kind of also, as a story nerd, just really um, delight at the way the different threads are brought together so beautifully.
1: Can I just say though that one? I don't hate the Dark World. Um, I've seen it a couple of times. It's not as bad as people say. No, me that too. It is. Me
0: too. So I, yeah. I'm actually not a Dark World hater. I, I liked it a lot. Um, but I'm a, I'm a sucker for the sort of mythology, Shakespearean, yeah. Tom Hiddleston doing all the things. Um, but I know a lot of people don't like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I don't hate it as much and I love, I love when MCU events have a retroactive effect on its own movies. They've done this a few times, right? Um, A character's arc is so poignant and so meaningful that it changes the way you watch the older movies completely Um, and it adds like different dimensions to past films. So now when I watch old Thor movies or even Avengers or Infinity War, I will have Loki season two in mind and and I'll see those movies um, very, very differently. I love that because It only happens when a character has a strong arc, an arc that makes sense. And not every character in in the MCU gets to have that, I think.
0: We've gone 11 minutes and I haven't done the summation but that's partly because it's a very difficult summation to do and, and I don't know. Let, let's just say that it is a self-contained season. Um, it is a direct response to season one so if you've seen it already then you know. Uh, you heard the clip so you know that there's time slipping. There's this feeling of Loki having to regain control and save the day. I think that's about you know, it. because all the universe is under threat. Yes. Which, you know. It, every, movie. It, every movie. Every movie, <laughs> every show. Um, okay, we're talking today about Loki Season 2. We want to hear from you. Have you watched it yet? Did you like it? WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio.
2: Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
0: BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. All um, fangirl and boying all over Loki Season 2, which we all really loved. Um, I think for each of us, it's going to be pretty high up there in year-end lists. I think it's time to talk about Tom Hiddleston because we've been talking around him um, and in some ways the season does that as well. It works around him for a very long time before it culminates in him just really flexing all his Loki history and muscles for the world to see because um, he's so good. I mean, Loki has always been Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston's always been Loki. The two have been intertwined for a really long time. Um, But I love watching a really good actor, who's a leading man and a character actor, managing to do both those things within one single character, one single show?
2: Actually watching Loki, the the TV show, made me realise how Loki as a character worked so well when he's part of an ensemble, right? Like he truly um, shone in the older movies because he had other people to ping pong off of. And you really see that here too. And, And Tom Hiddleston as a performer, I think, really thrives when he has other people that he can bounce off of. And I love that they didn't make the Loki TV show just about Loki. Um, It is about Loki by the end of it, but it couldn't have been about him if it wasn't also about these other characters. And his performance is so brilliant. He's so likable his delivery is simultaneously so human and godlike um I don't know whether you know when we talk about a, a character and an actor being so enmeshed with each other that you can't see anyone else in this role I think by this point I can't see anyone else being able to do this Loki this well
1: no I, th- I think like Tom Hiddleston was born to play Loki. Um, and it's nice seeing someone who loves the character as much as the fans love the character. Like, he loves, he loves, loves, loves being Loki. Um, and I also like that in this season, they they went back to having him be a bit more Loki than in pre- the, the previous season. Because the previous season, he was very much a, a TVA Loki, uh, with the uniform and, and trying to figure out, like, you know, what happens when, the the time mechanics and all that stuff. And then in this season, you see a bit more of the, the Loki-ness in him, like you see, some some shadow play, a bit of uh, magic, a bit of trickery. Um, I like all that, and I love seeing Tom Hiddleston bring that that um, that dimension to Loki as well. I also think it's safe to say that I don't think this is recency bias, but I think it's safe to say that Loki has one of the best, if not the best, arc in the whole MCU. Yes, like all of the MCU. Yes, agreed. Right? Like. Yeah, like like Iron Man had that badge. Um, Captain America, I think, had a thoughtful arc, and Thor's was also very powerful. But I think Loki's arc is probably the cleanest, most consistent, um, best-written arc in the entire franchise,
0: frankly, it's Shakespearean, right? So, so Tom Hiddleston's mm. background is in Shakespeare. Um, it's in theater performance, and I think it really shows in and it shows in how they choose to use him and how they choose to resolve things for him as well. Because the the ways in which things echo back and front, uh, the ways in which things that happened before have significance towards how he chooses to do things at the end. All of that stuff um, is very, you know, it's very novelistic. It's very literary in some ways, which is an interesting approach to take for a comic book show, essentially. I also think, um, just before we move off of Hiddleston, the physicality is so fun because he really gets to kind of... um, contort and twist and throw himself around yeah. and, and pose and it's so fun. Are we talking about the hair flips? With the hair flips, <laughs> the, the the hand claws, the, the all of it. He just, yeah. he just gets to be really um, physically emotive and I loved watching that. So I think that this could only have happened in a TV show, which is why I'm really
2: glad mm. that we got uh, this much real estate for us to be able to enjoy him as Loki, right? Because in a movie, you can't have a character in one scene laughing about crack Jackson tandem bikes, and then in the you know, two episodes later, probably pull off one of the most dramatic like finales I've possibly ever seen on screen. You know, full drama, full Shakespeare, full emotion. And still have it hold water. And it's actually exactly the Marvel problem that they whiplash from emotion to emotion. But Loki getting a TV show means that we get to enjoy him in all of those things. We get to see funny Loki. We get to see emotional Loki. We get to see love Loki. We also get to see Shakespearean Loki. And it's all so, so good.
1: Also, literally, we get to see yes. like many Lokis. <laughs> like many, many different Lokis. Um, also, can we can we take a moment to appreciate, like just fully... Like just fully bask in the awesomeness of Natalie Holt, who composed the score for Loki. Yes. Yes. Um like, like, I know that TV shows have become cinematic over the last like, 10, 15 years, right? But Natalie Holt didn't have to go this hard for Loki for a TV show. She didn't have to do this much. Um, but the MCU is better for it, like, that she did. I, I've been playing the season two album on a loop, especially the, the last three tracks on volume two. Uh, the visuals and the set design of Loki are, they play a massive part. Like, the aesthetics are so strong, and, and, and they play a huge role, right? But I think Natalie Holt's score does so much heavy lifting. Like such a crazy beautiful compositions like seriously.
0: I agree. I also want to give a shout out to Wardrobe because I I think that the ways in which they're dressed um, and in those sets, in those physical sets, it it all contributes to that feeling like you're actually somewhere and, and that's And sometime. Well, out of time, uh, out actually, you're yes. out of time. But um, it, it, it does contribute to that feeling that you're physically in spaces. Um, I also... Actually, it's a very stacked cast this time around and we have spent a lot of time, rightfully so, on Tom Hiddleston. But Owen Wilson's great. Gugu Mbatha Raw mm-hmm. is great. Um, Ki Hui Kwan, really funny and sweet. Um, Jonathan Majors, I think it's... Um, his His range and his... His range and his charisma on screen is so interesting to watch, especially in the context of not knowing what his future is in um, in Marvel, I think, and with the character.
2: Yeah, we see a really different version of of the character we've seen thus far. Mm. Um, and he nails it. Owen Wilson is so, so, so good. I don't think the show would work without him. And I'm really glad that they allowed that friendship to build. Without him I,
0: and his whispering.
2: I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I really want to see more of
1: him in, in stuff like this. He's also kind of unrecognizable as Owen Wilson, right? I felt the same way um, in season one that he, I I think it's the most unique role he's done, Owen Wilson himself. Like we've never seen him do something like this. Um, Also just like quickly wanted to say that I think it's important to say that the season isn't a perfect season. Um, There are some episodes that had like questionable pacing or character development. Uh, Some characters just sort of fall off the radar, suddenly they, they disappear, you No know, plot lines are shelved. It's a bit inconsistent um, and it's so much smaller than season one, like more intimate, fewer set pieces. But I think ultimately because of how they tie everything up and um, it's it's very likely that the last season of this series, it elevates the whole season uh, to a strong nine or ten if, if we're giving stars. like Without that finale, I think we'll be having a very different discussion. Um, but they stuck the landing.
0: I think without the finale, it's a seven or an eight, right? Again, we don't do stars, but, but if we mm. would, were yes, going to absolutely. I think it's it's around there and then because the final two episodes I would say are so strong and the final in particular really takes it there and has the bravery to stick it um, It's actually it's a brave show right it's, it's a brave story arc to do especially in the context of this world in which we live where things are constantly getting uh, retrofitted or things are constantly just oh actually that didn't happen don't worry we're just going to change it um, the way this was done has a permanence to it that I enjoyed. I see the two seasons as as two halves of a whole, so
2: that helps. Um, As an Ouroboros. As an Ouroboros, absolutely. (laughs) The first season is definitely better as an overall season with every episode kind of being special. Second season has its ups and downs, but oh my God, the last two episodes. Um, For me personally, I think the Loki TV show in its entirety is probably one of my top five of all time Marvel things. Um, And I think it'll be a long time before that changes.
1: I think I'll put it in top three. I've been thinking about it Mm. for a while. I think think so too, actually. Yeah. Top three, right? Yeah. Does this change the way you see the MCU uh, moving forward? Because we just spoke about the... (laughs) No. So (laughs) I actually
2: actually wish more things would be like this and kind of exist on its own space, in a way. Moon Knight style. Yeah.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I think this changes the MCU quite a bit. Um, Ivan, you're susceptible
0: yeah. you are susceptible yeah. we know this
1: <laughs> very easily also like super easily they got me they got me
0: I know um, I I will continue to take it on a case by case basis I think I've been burned too many times um, just a s- small final thing I missed Sophia Di Martino yes. I wanted more of her yes. um, Sylvie oh, yeah. has a lesser role in this season and I missed her a lot that was probably my biggest criticism of this season that she was so great in the first
2: didn't get enough of her here
1: Definitely wanted more. And also would have liked to see more versions of Loki. Yes,
0: like yes. Like the first season. I yeah. get it. Uh, we've been talking today about Loki Season 2. Let us know if you've seen it as well. Uh, you can WhatsApp 18 Tweet us at BFM Radio.